Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Before and since Harry and Meghan announced their decision to step down from senior royal duties and live life away from the UK, there's been a lot of discussion about the role the British press and its racist elements have played. Where has the media been racist about Meghan Markle? The media has wholeheartedly thrown itself, not all the media, but sections of it, especially the bits that you work for, Piers, wholeheartedly thrown itself behind, thrown itself behind, continuing that project where okay, You said all this. Today, we're going to look at why it's hard for some of us to see the racism in media, how it's more subtle and ingrained than someone bluntly telling another they don't like them purely because of the colour of their skin. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. If you, like me, are a white person who's never experienced a lifetime of entrenched racism, understanding how it's been used as a way to push the Duke and Duchess of Sussex to leave the royal family business may be hard to grasp. So to fully explain how parts of the British media have been racist without outright coming out and saying we don't like her because she's black, we're going to break it down. When Harry met Meghan, the discussion about her race was on the table from day one. Rachel Johnson from The Mail on Sunday wrote this opinion piece about whether Meghan passed the mum test, and it focused a lot on Meghan's biracial background. Genetically, she is blessed. If there is issue from her alleged union with Prince Harry, the Windsors will thicken their watery, thin blue blood and Spencer pale skin and ginger hair with some rich and exotic DNA. Miss Markle's mother is a dreadlocked African-American lady from the wrong side of the tracks who lives in LA and even the sourest spinster has to admit that the 35-year-old actress is extremely easy on the eye. That was an excerpt from the piece as read by our Mamma Mia colleague. As the countdown to the royal wedding began in earnest in 2018, reporters revealed the extent of abuse thrown at Meghan over her mixed-race background the disgusting online trolling, even a parcel with white powder inside being delivered to Kensington Palace addressed to Meghan, police confirming they were treating it as a race-hate crime. In January 2019, after reports of a feud between the Duchess of Sussex and the Duchess of Cambridge surfaced, Kensington Palace officials reached out to the British press to help them get a handle on the offensive comments being made about both Meghan and Kate on Instagram. These comments were sometimes sexist, sometimes threatening, and in Meghan's case, often racist. But this is not the racism we're looking at today. This is the blatant, recognisable racism that we can all identify. The racism that's been surfacing through the media is the same thing, but delivered differently. 
Wallace Annenberg, Guardian columnist, chair of journalism at USC and Booker Prize-winning author, was invited onto Piers Morgan's show Good Morning Britain to explain why the media was racist towards Meghan. Morgan has himself been accused of perpetrating some of that racism. But he seemed to miss that the racism he knows, the in-your-face direct racism, wasn't the type being used in this case. I just find this surreal. There have been allegations that she's associated with very racialized forms of crime. There have been discussions about her exotic DNA. Her newborn baby... Is her DNA not exotic by royal standards? She was the first mixed-race person to ever enter the royal family. Why is the word exotic... Why do you take exception to the word exotic? Because it others her and associates her with a history... She's an African-American joining a white royal family. The word exotic is not derogatory. Well, listen, I'm a woman... to say these things are racist when they're not. I'm telling you, as somebody who's lived the experience of being a person of African heritage in this country, that there are narratives that are regularly used by people like you. You see racism in everything. No, I don't. No, no, but are you accusing me of being racist? I'm saying that the narratives you're perpetuating, yes, they're racist. Really? Where have I been racist? British rapper Stormzy was also asked about his take on how the media treat Meghan in an interview with American radio station Hot 97. He said it was clear to him, even if the rest of his country refused to see it. I'm not super into the royal family. I look at it, I think, Meg, she's a sweet girl. She's a sweet woman. Like, she's a lovely woman. She does her thing. Like, I ain't heard her say nothing crazy. She, do you know what I mean? She just, and they just hate her. They just hate black. her. They just hate her. If you hear them talk about, like, oh, she's just, she's just one of those people that I just look at her and I think, and I say, bro, she's black. That's what you talking about. You just look at her and you just, <laughs> you I just look at her and I think she's, she's just got that arrogance. And I was like, no, nah, she's just black, yeah, man. So how does someone who has little exposure as the victim of racism that is more subtle, more ingrained in our everyday, so quiet, understand it or even recognise it? Santila Chingaipe is a Melbourne-based award-winning journalist, filmmaker and curator of the country's first ever anti-racism festival, Not Racist But. Santilla, how do you explain to people that there's racism in headlines slamming Megan for doing something but praising Kate for the exact same thing? How is that racist? I think there are many ways that you can look at the criticism levelled against Meghan Markle. I think the earliest examples of some of the headlines suggested that she'd grown up near one of the big housing projects in LA, I think it was Compton at the time, when in reality she hadn't grown up anywhere near there. They were inferring through those headlines that somehow she grew up in an area that was violent. And this in itself is a racist trope that's used against black people generally to imply that black people are inherently violent and that's part of that disposition. In recent times, I think there have been three ways in which she's been discriminated against by the British press in particular. And it's not just to do with her race, but it's also there's been a lot of misogyny around how she's been described, but also a lot of classism. You talk about how she's been pitted against Kate, and that in itself is a classic misogynistic trope to say that Megan is the exact opposite of Kate and Kate represents the selfless mother and therefore Megan must be the opposite of that. And when talking about class, Megan has sort of been described as this woman who doesn't quite get it. She doesn't quite fit into the British way of life. You know, she doesn't understand how our heritage, doesn't understand our culture, and therefore she's not one of us. This kind of racism isn't about saying very obvious race-based nasty things to people. Like Piers Morgan's defending himself saying that he's not racist. Give me examples of when I've been racist. But this isn't just saying, well, this one time you called this person a bad name. This is more systemic than that, isn't it? This is more about 
believing that people of a different colour to you are less than purely because they are a different colour to you. Yeah, and also having to prove themselves. I think with Megan, it's a classic, you know, it doesn't matter what she does, she'll always get it wrong because you're trying to make a point that she's not one of us, which in itself is racist. And when we talk about racism, I think part of the challenge in communicating why people call some of the attacks towards Megan racist is that people don't quite understand exactly how racism works. And when we think about racism in an intellectual sense, you know, yes, there is that very overt racism that a lot of people are familiar with, you know, whether we're talking about lynchings, whether we're talking about the N-word, you know, a lot of people can pretty much pinpoint that level of overt racism and call it out. But racism manifests in subtleties as well. And one of those subtleties is through the language and how language is used to infer something without directly calling it that. So, For example, if you say that, you know, Megan grew up straight out of Compton, you know, you're implying something without explicitly saying it, because if you said it out loud, everyone would call you racist, right? So there's that kind of dog whistling language that's used to sort of mask exactly what you're trying to say without overtly saying it. And it's those subtleties that have been creeping up with how Megan has been described. And other ways that racism shows up is through what's known as unconscious bias or implicit bias. So when these narratives take on some mythical truth to them around certain groups of people, again, violence and crime and black people, this assumption that the two are linked. And that shows up in people's prejudices by the way that black people might be treated based on this false assumption. And a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of it because it's not something that is explicit in its behavior because it's these ideas that have been fed to us through narratives, whether it's through television or books or whatever it is that continue to reinforce that bias. And the third one is structural racism or institutional racism. And this is the ways in which institutions ensure that certain groups of people continue to be oppressed while others flourish really well. A perfect example in this country is if you look at whether it's health, data across the criminal justice system, data across education, and you see the overrepresentation of Indigenous Australians, the fact that that data is skewed towards one particular group in the negative is an indication of institutional racism. Does it mean individuals within the institution are racist? No. And this is where people get caught up with the personal when it comes to racism, because no one wants to be called racist. I understand that. But the problem with allowing that level of distraction, it means that we don't get to the bottom of actually addressing some of the systemic inequalities that are a result of racism. And one of those is this expectation for black people and people of colour to behave in almost superhuman ways that you wouldn't expect of anyone else. And Megan is a classic example of that. I mean, it doesn't matter how smart the woman is, doesn't matter how beautiful she is, doesn't matter how educated she is and the fact that she made her own money before she entered this family, there will always be a point of criticism because it's this idea that you are not good enough or you are not like us. And so it's these sorts of things that when we are thinking and talking about this, it's understanding it within the context of what is racism? What does it mean? It's not about whether someone's a bad person or bad intention. That's not the premise of how you look at racism from an academic point of view. So when we're reading news reports about the Duchess of Sussex, we need to put it through those filters. So we need to say to ourselves, is it othering her? Is it making her look like she's not one of us because of links to stereotypes that paint her as violent or uneducated or not good enough. So for those of us who are not 
part of a minority or part of a racially oppressed group. We need to really set those filters every time we read stories like this or anyone of a person of colour. I'm still struggling to figure out why people don't like Megan. When you think about the number of times that she's publicly spoken since becoming a royal, there haven't been that many occasions. And she's trying to adjust as anyone can, given the circumstances, to a new normal in a completely removed world. And we'd all like to think that if we were entering an institution that was as ancient as the royal family, we would also make mistakes, that we would also be learning as we go. But she hasn't been afforded that. And she hasn't been afforded the opportunity to, when she does say things, you know, for us to take them at face value. And somehow we've let people manipulate and tell us what they think she is or who she is. And we've based our views of her based on that. And from that basis, the class, racism, misogyny, stuff aside, just from a living in a democracy and being informed, I think that worries me the most. The idea that you can buy into falsehoods about someone that have been constructed by people that um, clearly have no idea who this person is and have done this to stroke whatever fears, tensions and divisions are already existent and polarise people as a result. And I find that to be one of the most worrying things because if that is what we're believing about someone like Meghan Markle, you know, what are we believing about things that are being written about influential figures in our societies? I find it incredibly worrying that that's the course that it's taken, that we've somehow bought into these myths without challenging any of it. In essence, you may not be racist, but you are playing a part in a system that is. A system that continues to work against people of colour in so many ways. The fact that we're debating whether the racism exists, even though person after person of colour are having to explain it to us, is more confirmation that it does actually exist. If we can figure out how to identify the unconscious bias we have against people with a different skin colour, stop people of colour from being marginalised, penalised and dehumanised, Maybe someone like Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, won't feel the need to upend her entire life and that of her husband's to escape it. That's all for The Quickie today. To catch up on more episodes, you can find us at mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri.